Welcome back to the Marvelous Middle Age Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today I'm speaking with Jessica Copley. Jessica is a mother of three children, a Reiki master, and a life doula and social worker. She has been on a healing journey after a health crisis in 2019 and has been deconstructing her faith and exploring her spirituality since 2020. She is loving life more every year that she's blessed to live. In this episode, Jessica shares about her journey to pursue an end-of-life doula certification and her practice as a Reiki master. You'll be encouraged by her spirit and her approach to life. I hope you enjoy this episode with my friend, Jessica Copley. Welcome, Jessica, to the Marvelous Middle Age Podcast. Thank you, Nikki. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I am so excited for our conversation today. I think it's going to be amazing, and I'm just thrilled that you're here and willing to share a little bit about the journey that you have been on these past few years. But before we get into all of that, could you just introduce yourself, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, about your family? That would be great. Well, again, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So... I'm Jess. I am in my marvelous middle age. Awesome. I am 49, so looking forward to my 50th next year. Um, I'm a mother of three amazing kids, and um, they are now in a stage of life where we're not needing to, I'm not momming so hard anymore. Yes, yes. (laughs) Which is wonderful. So they're young adults, and and it's just been a joy to to be their mom. Um, I work full-time with adults with developmental disabilities, and that has been Um, a wonderful opportunity to share love with some folks that um, really could use that support and love. So um, I'm just really, really thrilled to be here. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you. And when I was thinking about uh, how we met, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, I can only credit my sister for that. Uh, You and my sister met Years ago, we when did. your oldest and her oldest were in preschool. Yes, and it's a it's a wonderful story. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know the story? I don't know if I know the story. Okay. Tell me. So Megan and I were two of the moms. I think that all of the other moms had known each other before because mm-hmm. they had their groups of people and they were all engaged in conversations and Megan and I were just kind of on the outside. And mm-hmm. so we struck up a conversation and of course it's, Megan is so easy to talk to. So we ended up just chit-chatting. And um, as we were walking out to the car, I had a Napoleon Dynamite air freshener Uh. of a Liger. (laughs) And she saw it. And we started riffing about the movie. And I knew then that we were probably going to be besties for the rest of our lives, which has turned out to be true. (laughs) Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite is a major force in her life. It's one of our favorite movies. Yes. in mine lines. as well. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I was blessed enough to be introduced to you and we have hung out many, many times, had great yes. conversations. Uh, and so again, just so blessed to know you and glad my sister introduced us. I know. Well, it's been, it's been unreal getting to know your family because yeah. it's felt so much. I think we're just all so similar in terms yes. of the way that we look at our lives and 
the way that we want to live and the people that we want to be. And so meeting you all has truly felt like another family for me. And, and it's, it's so easy to be your friend and I'm very grateful. Well, thank you. That means a lot. It means a lot to me. So I really appreciate that. Uh, and I think our guests, our listeners are going to get the sense that sense from you today, uh, because you have had such an amazing life and continue to have uh, such an incredible journey that yes. I want to talk about a little bit today because as we were talking about before we started recording that midlife is full of transitions. Yes. And some are tough, but some can be absolutely incredible. Yes. And recently you have been on a very, I feel a unique journey. I have. Uh, in your life, but also professionally. Yes. Uh, and I'd really love for you to share with the listeners today a little bit more about your most recent development. Uh, you had posted recently on Facebook that you were becoming certified to be an end of life doula. Yes. And when I saw that, I kind of guessed what it was about, right. but I've heard about the the doula in childbirth, right. but never as right. an end of life situation. And so before we get too into it. Could you just describe what an end of life doula is, what an end of life doula does for our listeners that maybe don't know? Absolutely. So essentially, I would say the most important role of an end of life doula is to be able to hold a sacred space. And that's for the patient as well as their family. Um, Doulas make sure that the patient's wishes are honored to the best of their ability. Um, it's, it's a support for the family. It's um, normalizing the things that are happening during the death and dying process. It's clarifying and supporting and nurturing. Mm. And my favorite part about it, um, I was really nervous when I started as an end sure. of life, it's when I started the training, and I thought, do do I have the skills? Do I have? And my fears were allayed almost immediately in that we don't have to have answers for people. We have to allow the space for the questions for people mm. to come to their own answers. Yeah. So it's really important that we are able to regulate ourselves because as we know at end of life, there are many, many issues and complications that can arise. And it's being able to create a safe space for people to experience what they're experiencing mm -hmm. and to know that it is all okay, that all of these feelings and fears and thoughts and hopes are all okay. Um, so it's, I, I love the idea of just being able to be the person mm. that says, this is okay, you're okay, and we're, whatever happens is going to happen and we're going to get through it together. Wow, I, I love that. And when I saw that you had posted that, I think that's a beautiful explanation, first of all. But when I saw that you had posted you were going to be pursuing this I thought there's nobody better that I know in my life that has the type of spirit, the soul, the healing, the loving, kind, compassionate nature that you have. Oh, wow. That's very kind. Well, Thank you it's, for saying that. it's the truth. I was just like, oh, this is that she was made to do this. This is this is amazing. So when you were 
making this decision to pursue this, was there something that happened or was there a catalyst for you to like, I don't know that people wake up one morning and say, I want to be an end of life doula. How (laughs) do I go about that? Tell me more about that. Well, it's really been a lifelong journey. It's been a long time coming because when I was receiving my social work degree, I did my internship at a hospice Mm -hmm. and I remember the very, very first day that I went to my internship, we went to have a round table with all of the nurses and the social workers. And the woman that was my mentor, uh, they said, hey, you've got a patient and you need to go right now. And so within the first hour of my first day of my internship, I was present for someone as they took their last breath. And I just remember feeling how sacred that moment was. Mm -hmm. And they say the veil is very thin Mm -hmm. at the end of life and as you as you cross. And I could feel spirit in that room Mm -hmm. and I could feel I, I really, truly understood that this was not a singular event, that this was a journey that this person was going to continue. And it fascinated me. And I never forgot that. And I had always wanted to go into hospice social work, but needed my master's. And I never completed my master's degree. So I thought, well, I really need to go back to school. And I wasn't sure if that was something that I wanted to do. So when I heard about the process of becoming a doula that didn't involve a master's degree, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm really interested in that. Mm-hmm. And the more I, I read and the more I was exposed to stories of people who did this type of work, it just made perfect sense to me that this, you know, that that was a God-given moment. Absolutely. That, that was, that would lead me to a lifelong interest in supporting people at the end of their life. That is, it's amazing to me how there are things that happen in our lives. And at the time, maybe you don't quite know why that happened or what was going on there. And now here's years later, you're pursuing this path that is just going to bring so much to so many. And And so I'm so excited for you for that part of it. And it's so interesting that you say that because this phase of my life, I'm able to look back and have that clarity of, oh, this was being orchestrated. This path was being divinely ordained my whole life. And knowing that these things are meant to happen the way that they happen. And it it hasn't always been linear, of course, as, as nothing is. No, (laughs) no, it's always a bit of a roundabout. Point A to point B rarely ever happens. (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's been, it's been beautiful to look back and see all of the events and the um, the moments that have really, truly led me to this this point in my life. Oh, gosh, I love that. Um, so tell me a little bit about what is the certification process like? What was it like in class or was it oh, online or yes. kind of tell me about it, that it part of it? Actually, so the agency that I went through is called INELDA, and that's the International End of Life Doula Association. And it's a nationwide certification Um, I just went through the training process. I need to still complete the certification process because Mm -hmm. you have so many hours that you need to complete 
before you can be certified. So Mm -hmm. I'm not officially, I'm still a doula, but I'm not a certified doula. So that's, that's a process that will come later. I am in the process that I've got a little bit sidelined, but I'm in the process Mm -hmm. of completing my um, hospice internship, or I'm sorry, my hospice uh, certification. So I'll be working with a hospice here in town, and then I'll be able to apply my doula, my my toolbox to the people that I'm working with through hospice, hospice and then I'll be able to then gain that certification. Got it. I, I thank you for explaining that because I can imagine there might be people listening who are like, wow, this sounds like something I might want to pursue. How can I go about doing right. that? So and I think that's great. they do have in, in-person classes. I did all of mine online. Okay. And I believe... Oh, I'm not going to be able to tell you how many hours it was online, but it's it's a significant amount of sure, time, and it's your weekends. So it was all weekend mm-hmm. for several weekends, oh, and yeah. it was such an interesting process to really challenge my own beliefs mm-hmm. and how I my uh, sort of my prejudices. Oh, and, sure. And the difference of being able to hold space for those that may have mm. different beliefs or different mm. um, histories or even culture. So it's something that uh, if someone is considering being an end of life doula, it is something that uh, they would need to be able to mm-hmm. accept and love those in all stages of life in all different situations so that's that's been something that that has really challenged me to say sure. okay I need to understand that that my mm-hmm. worldview is pretty myopic so I need to make sure that I am keeping my prejudices and my ideas to the side and really mm-hmm. letting the family and the patients take the lead and and following their lead well you know as you're you were sharing that because I was just focused really on, well, how do you go about doing this and tactically? And when you were describing that, it was almost like you were also experiencing a, a, a change, a Very growth uh, through your, your class experience and this process. And what a beautiful thing to say, well, I really like to pursue this. And oh, another benefit of pursuing yes. all this is it has really taught me right. so much more than just the tactical points of how to do this but it's expanded my worldview it's changed maybe how I view things right and I love that I love that it did that for you and and it's it it was it was a wonderful surprise in that I thought I had a pretty good idea of some of my prejudices and some Mm. of my my thoughts on certain things and being able to be with a huge group of people that had come from so many different backgrounds and so many different cultures and experiences that it, but again, I feel like it's just another thing in life, right? We have an opportunity to really challenge ourselves and say, am I going to move forward in fear because I haven't worked in that situation or I, or am I going to move forward in love and openness and curiosity? That's Mm -hmm. been one of my, my favorite words lately is curiosity um, mm. because if we remain curious, we remain open and we remain Same. teachable, which I think is, is so important at any mm. stage of our life. 
Absolutely. I love that you're open to that. You know, yeah, I think sometimes right. people get to a certain, whether it's a certain age or a certain stage of life and they're kind of really locked into yes. this is, right. you know, and you've been so open. And I think, again, that's just who you are, but also it's just a gift that you have. And that's and I, one of the things I love about I you. I think also it keeps me a little bit sane of yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. just um, being, I, I think when we get in trouble is mm -hmm. when we think we know we've got it figured out. And so I truly try and approach life as what can I learn from this? Yeah. How can I be better than I was before? How can I be more loving and more gracious and more kind and more um, patient, uh, yes. which obviously is a big one. Amen. And so it's it's been a beautiful journey. It really has. And I don't, having had a health crisis and being mm -hmm. not well myself for a significant time, it really helped me also understand that I wanted to be the person who I wanted at that time in my yeah. life and what are the characteristics of someone who I would want to support me and that would be someone who is joyful and sometimes silly um, knows when to be serious but also knows when it's okay to mm -hmm. laugh even if it seems absurd um, Absolutely. Because sometimes that's when we need laughter the right. most. <laughs> you need you need that levity. You right. need a little bit of, of right. that to right. kind of get through a really difficult situation. Exactly. That's great. I well, again, like I said, I can't think of a better person because of the type of individual you are, but also just that open, loving, compassionate, caring spirit that you have. And I know the patients, the families that you'll be working with and are working with are going to be so blessed by you and to have you in their lives for what is, can be a very difficult, challenging time for so many reasons. Um, having gone through that with my mom, yes, um, when she passed away, she passed away five years ago. And when I read about what you were doing, I thought, oh my gosh, that would have been, we had a hospice for my mom, which the hospice nurse we had was phenomenal. Yes. But to have someone who wasn't maybe so focused on the medical side right. of it all to just be there with us to say, you know, I've never been there when someone passed away before. Like, this is all very normal. It's right. happening. Like, this is, you know, um, would have just been so incredible. So to know that you're going to be there for those families is just it's going to be awesome. And I just, I can't wait to learn more from you as you experience this and see what happens in the future. Right. Well, actually my experience being able to share Reiki with your mom mm, was yes. one of the contributing factors of yeah. me realizing that this was something that I really, really wanted to do for a career. Um, your mom of course was such an amazing lady yeah, and it was such a blessing to be able to be with her and come alongside her in a time yes. that was really difficult. Yeah. And I think that phrase coming alongside mm -hmm. is one that I find to be um, very apt for what a doula does is we show up and right. we're present. Our presence mm -hmm. is more important than our words. Really. Absolutely. I, yeah. Coming alongside, I think is a great way to say it because I think in that time, that's what you really need. You don't need yes. someone 
plowing a path or, or preparing necessarily as much as you just need someone with you right next to you with you, whether it's holding a hand, giving you a hug, right. Helping you along that journey and coming alongside, I think, is a perfect way right. to explain that. And you mentioned Reiki. So I kind of yes. did want to get into Reiki a little bit as well, yes. because, again, it really is a demonstration of your spirit and the type of energy and, and just the type of person that you are. Um, I don't know that everyone knows what Reiki right. is. Yes. And I would like to talk with that, talk with you a little bit about that because I've personally experienced a Reiki session with you and you mentioned you, you did Reiki with my mom yes. when she was, was ill. Um, so tell the listeners a little bit about what is Reiki. Okay. Reiki is in its simplest terms. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a Japanese relaxation technique. So okay. it was, it was created a very, very long time ago mm -hmm. and it's, it's, the best way I can explain it is so we kind of tap into chi or universal life force energy. Okay. And a Reiki practitioner isn't special in that they can do something that other people can't. We all have access to it. It's just there's a process of what they call attunement. Okay. So Reiki is passed down through practitioner to practitioner and it's very interesting because when you go and get your when you start to become start your attunement you get a lineage as to mm. how your Reiki master is connected to the original creator of Reiki and so oh. it's it's a very specific skill set that is handed down and when I do Reiki I again it's I am acting as a conduit for this universal life force energy. So it's not anything that's generated by me or through, but just it, it moves through me, if okay. that makes sense. So yes. I, I'm just a lightning rod for this energy. And then as I'm working on a client, I share that energy with them. It, I think we're not technically supposed to say that it's a healing technique, mm -hmm. but the, the changes and the well-being and the state of mind that people are in after they receive a Reiki session is really pretty staggering. Um, people almost universally say that they feel a lightness, that they feel that they are unburdened of, and, and we as humans, we are frequency, and we tend to collect frequencies of others whether we like it or not and so when we do Reiki with someone it's it's helping them release what isn't serving them release what doesn't belong to them and to call in their own personal power and so I I am madly in love with Reiki I think that it is if nothing else it's a relaxation technique for people it helps people slow down and it it calm some of the static I think in people's brains mm -hmm. which I think in our day and in, in this world oh. we have you yes. know there's noise everywhere and so being able to just find that moment of peace and that moment of quiet and and it's a gentle touch technique so it's every people that receive Reiki it's it's just you leave your clothes on. You don't have to. People are saying, right. oh, my gosh, do I have to take my clothes off? Right, like no. a massage where it's you get under like, the. Right. It's not that. Right. No, we it just, is just. And it is. So it's light touch. If people are not comfortable with the light touch, it can be done above the body. Okay. Um, so I actually was able to do Reiki with a woman um, who was having 
a ton of pain. She was in the end of her life and was Mm. physically having so much pain that it was uncomfortable for her. So Mm. I was able to just do it above her body and not actually touching Mm. her because it was physically uncomfortable. So it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful technique of love and acceptance and Mm -hmm. presence and, I can't say enough wonderful things about it. And I wish that it was something that was a little more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially, especially for folks with anxiety. Um, yes. The reason that I started doing Reiki actually was I had, I, I had an appointment for a massage one day and the woman that was going to give me the massage was a Reiki practitioner. And she said, you know, I'd really feel like Reiki might be really beneficial for you. Would you be okay if we did Reiki instead of a massage? Now, I love massages. Right. <laughs> so sure. They I, are wasn't, amazing. I wasn't sold on it. Sure. And she said, I just, let's do a little bit and we'll see how you feel. And she probably did 15, 20 minutes. And I was so blissed out. I, it was better than any massage that I had gotten. And so I said to her, I said, what, what is this Reiki and and how does it work (laughs) and how can I get more of it? And so I Mm -hmm. shortly thereafter received my, my first Reiki attunement. Um, and one of my children struggles with severe anxiety. He's on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. and has some just pretty unbearable anxiety. And at that time in his life, he didn't sleep. And when I say he didn't sleep, he literally, mm. he was, I think, eight years old before he slept through the night for the first time. Oh my God. And I remember waking up and worrying that he was not living because mm-hmm. <laughs> he had always woken right. up every single right. night. Um but being able to do Reiki with him, for me, as I was doing the Reiki, I felt this incredible pulsing energy, and I was feeling all of this movement and wonderful things, and I, he fell fast asleep as I was doing Reiki for, for the first time. And the next morning, after he woke up feeling refreshed, and I said, honey, did you feel anything when I was doing Reiki? Did you, did you feel anything? And he, he got really quiet and thought about it, and he said, well... I guess my brain was quiet. And I thought if there is not a more ringing endorsement Mm -hmm. for Reiki, it's that this little boy who has struggled his entire life Mm -hmm. being in his own skin and his own body was able to have a moment where he was able to just be. And I thought that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought this is something that I need to do and I need to share this with others. Because if they can have that moment of, of peace and clarity, then, oh, my gosh, oh. worth every minute. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I was just going to the word peace really yes. was coming to me at that. It uh, was right. describing that because um, for those who, you know, have anxiety or, or struggle with that, peace is something that oh. can be difficult it's to so elusive come by. for so many people. And, mm-hmm. and again, the environment that we live in and the noise around us, it's no wonder that people are feeling anxious and, mm-hmm. and it's no wonder that, that people are having a hard time kind of coming back to center because there's mm-hmm. just so much noise around Absolutely. us. So 
Reiki is very centering. It's very clarifying. It's very mm. nurturing and very, um, it's, it's just such a beautiful thing. I, if, if your listeners haven't tried it and they're at all curious, I would love to talk to anyone about it because it's, it's really something I feel like people should, should give a try because it's, oh, it's I, well, I, well I can it. personally endorse it because, and we will include in the show notes how you can get in touch with Jessica if you're interested in doing a Reiki session. You, you did Reiki, I mentioned on my mom, but you also did a Reiki session on, on me. And, and I was reflecting in preparation to speak with you today. I was thinking back to that. And I remember, and you touched on this a little bit. Remember, I remember two things. One was I felt physically lighter. Yes. Like I was floating off. We laid, we did it. I think I was in almost like a recliner. You had yes. us kind of stretch right. out. It was at my, my parents' home. And I remember I felt like I was not laying on the, I couldn't feel the recliner under my body anymore. It was like I was floating. Yes. And I remember something happened with my breath where, you know, we just, our bodies just breathe automatically, right? right? In and out, in and out. But something happened where I was taking the deepest, most restorative breath I had ever taken. Something happened. I remember laying, I mean, it, I don't remember it then, but I remember it now that's, I don't know what that was, but it was amazing because I felt like I was taking a deep breath for the first time and letting so much go out of my body during that session. And, and yes, the peaceful floating feeling was, I've never had anything before that or since that, that, that was like that. That gives me chills. So, that truly yes. does. I, maybe I should do another session. I think it would be should. great. Let's <laughs> get that on the books right now. Let's um, do it. Let's do I it. And I think sometimes what Reiki does is this shifting of energy, right? Yeah. So what could have happened is there might have been a block there right. that was just kind of broken up as we mm -hmm. were doing and you were what was restricting you and, and binding you was released. And yeah. it was, it oh, was something absolutely. that you were able to just take a deep breath. And sometimes... Mm -hmm. Gosh, isn't that what we need is yeah. just being able to feel like we can breathe and right. not feel that everything is pressing down on us yes. so constricted hard, and constricting yeah, and right. binding and being able to release those blocks and to move that energy um, yeah. is is really phenomenal. And I'm so happy that you had that experience that as a practitioner, that's what we want is sure. we want people to have that moment of like, oh, yes, yes. I can breathe yes. again. I can breathe and I don't feel so oppressed. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that with us because, again, I think it's it's powerful, not just for our physical, but our, our mental, our emotional uh, well-being and our health right. to have practices, whatever they might be. Uh, and I know, again, firsthand that Reiki is is very powerful. So as I mentioned, we'll we'll put info in the show notes on how people can reach out to you to uh, to work with you if they would would like to I do would that. I love that. And I would love to just even answer any questions that people might have. Sure. I know um, coming from a very strong Christian background, mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a complicated subject. I'm a little bit deconstructing my faith. So I'm, sure. I'm viewing life in a little different way than I used to. But mm -hmm. I think sometimes people are fearful of Reiki because right. they're not sure, you know, where does this come from? Yes. Who, you know, what right. are you <laughs> tapping into? What exactly sure. is this? And yeah. all I can say is that love is a frequency yeah. and I'm tuning into mm -hmm. that perfect love and perfect peace. And 
I'm able to share that and pass that on. So um, I know Mm -hmm. that it it can be sometimes we're fearful of things that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I used Mm -hmm. to be fearful because coming from I was I was raised um, from a fear based, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the fire and brimstone and sure. we need to make sure we're doing everything right or we're going to burn. And right. so, um, that's, that's been a wonderful mm-hmm. transition as well. Um, moving away from living in a fear-based paradigm to one of mm. love and joy and acceptance. And so all of these things are, they go yeah. part and parcel, right? Yeah. It's, it's just been part of the journey. And so these, all of these things, again, as I'm, even as I'm sitting here, sure. I'm thinking how wild is it that there were just the path that I've been on and, and the lessons that I've learned have yeah. all brought me to exactly where I'm supposed to be and the person that I want to be. I love that. And well, that kind of leads me to the last two questions I want to ask you, uh, and I'm going to ask every guest these questions. So take your time. Think about a, a, an answer. You talked a little bit about this, this stage of life and your journey. For you, what's been the best thing about this middle stage of your life? I think for me, the best, the very, very best part is all of the things that I had feared and all of the things that I had been uncertain about, I'm no longer fearful of because yeah. I understand how divinely orchestrated my life is. Yeah. And there's no fear because all things are working out exactly the way that they're supposed to. And even if there's things that I go, oh, no, oh, no, what am I going to do? I've gotten through every single thing in my life that I thought I'd never make it through. And not only have Mm -hmm. I made it through, but I've learned lessons that have then brought me closer to my purpose, which is love. And so for me, it's just a matter of being able to sit back and saying, okay, it's a crazy ride, but I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. We're just going to, it is, it is a crazy ride. We're just going to ride this roller coaster and see where it takes us. And it's never let me down so far. And I'm able to love more deeply today than I ever have in my entire Mm. life and not as deeply as I'll love tomorrow. And so it's it's a lot of peace and just I don't have that fretful mindset that I used to have of like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? How am I going to do this? And how, what's that going to look like? And because I, I'm just in a space of allowing and yeah. just witnessing what's mm-hmm. happening and understanding that, again, this is, is a divinely ordained journey. And I'm just I'm I've been led to this beautiful life and I will continue to be led to even more wonderful and beautiful things. I love that. It, when you were speaking, it made me think of a quote. John Kabat-Zinn has a quote that says, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. Yes. And I feel yes. like that that's what you, because you mentioned you've had, you know, some chronic you know health things in the past, yes. or you've had different things in your life come up and you, you have not only learned to surf those waves, but you're doing it <laughs> in a, like you said, a place of love and gratitude and, and excitement for yes, the future. And right. I think that's great. So Tell me what you would tell yourself if you could talk to Jessica in her 20s and 30s. What would you tell Jessica in that stage about this stage where you are today? What would you let her know? I think I would just let her know that 
everything that she's experiencing is for a purpose mm-hmm. and all of the experiences, whether delightful or miserable, are lessons. Yes. And there's nothing to be feared that right. life will happen the way it's going to happen and that I'm always going to be okay. Yeah. And I think, again, that paradigm shift from living in such fear when I was young, mm-hmm. I would just say, stop mm-hmm. being so afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. Find those moments of joy and hold on to them because this is this is the only life we get, this go around. Right. And it's just shut up and love and live yes. and not I love that. just don't worry so dang much. I know. <laughs> We could tattoo that. I need to tattoo that (laughs) on the inside of my arm. I'm with you on that. Well, Jessica, I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, I can't wait to see where this journey continues to take you. And I know our listeners are going to absolutely benefit and love this episode. So I just want to thank you for being on. Well, I am so thrilled to have been here and I cannot wait to see where you go with this podcast. I think this is such a needed conversation And we are not the middle agers of our mother's era. We are young and vibrant and we're doing amazing things. And I can't wait to see what you do with this podcast. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks, Nikki. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow the show to make sure the latest episode is on your podcast feed each week. I would greatly appreciate a rating and a five-star review on the podcast platform you're listening on. It helps others to find the show. If there are topics you'd like to have discussed on the show, please email me at themarvelousmiddleagepodcast at gmail.com. The Marvelous Middle Age Podcast is produced by Riley Mullane and is part of the Annanella Studios Network.